Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to seanbeginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on TeePublic, where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode. Can we do that? Is that allowed? What, recording? No. Good day. Good day, hoser. Today on our show, we're going to pop a couple of brewskis. Go ice fishing. Go, go ice fishing. <laughs> yeah. Mush, mush. <laughs> I got to raise my seat here. Is that the uh, is that the thousand dollar one or the twenty nine ninety nine version? The three hundred dollar version. Really? Yeah, I think that's better. There we go. Gets in my gut. There we go. Yeah. So, um, welcome to the Sean Geek Podcast. I guess. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I am your host, Sean Arama, and Fast Fright Singers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see you're wearing. So we're we're actually going to release this video. This will be. We're, we're releasing oh, yeah, this as a video. Well, yeah. This will be, <laughs> you didn't tell me that. I'm wearing my. Uh... Well, I know. Well, that's why I want to talk about your shirt. So what oh, is okay. The, for those who only listen to the audio version of this, what does your shirt say, Todd? It says, "This beard is my spirit animal." Yep. Yeah, I got one that says, uh, "I love bacon." Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got a few of them. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, who, do, who doesn't love bacon? Some people don't. The bacon is different if you go to um, like the Dominican. Yeah. Uh, we When we had gone there for Danica's wedding, uh, when you went to the bar, the, the food bar, uh, like for breakfast and stuff, you can get eggs and, and stuff, bacon. I was like, oh, bacon. So I looked up on bacon. I was like, what is this? It does not taste like anything like, like back bacon our... or yeah, it's it's not it's not smoked. It's not, you know, there's it's it's just meat they've sliced that looks like bacon. Ah. It's just not it's not smoked or, or anything like that. It's probably cured a different in a different manner, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't impressed. It's like when Americans come and have back bacon in Canada. Do you like back bacon or do you prefer like regular bacon? I like regular bacon. Uh, and I like to cook it in the oven on parchment paper. Um, I've uh, Unless you have those weights that you can put in your pan. Because anytime I'm trying to make bacon, what normally happens is the white greasy parts, right? Yep. Those kind of bubble up. And they don't sit flat on the pan. 
so it doesn't cook properly. And then when you flip it over, it burns the part that actually touches the pan, mm. and then the rest of it doesn't cook. So, so it, at least there, there's a fat quotient, I think that that, that leads towards uh, it curling or not. I think. Um, I think it. I don't know if it's if it's if you flip it really fast or if it's has something to do with the temperature change when you when you grab it and lift it on both sides and it curls to the point where you have to try and straighten it out and fold it. You, you spend five minutes trying to get this freaking piece of bacon, you know, flat again. <laughs> Todd fighting uh, with bacon is the but best. You, but you can buy these. It's a it's like a coil or something, and it's just, it just acts as a weight. And you put it right on top of the bacon so that it all touches the pan. So if you're, okay, so when you're cooking in the oven, you're putting it on a parchment paper. So it's sticking to the paper and staying flat. Is that the idea? It's uh, it, it's not sticking to the paper. The parchment paper is, is probably one of the greatest inventions uh, since the nonstick pan. Since parchment, <laughs> since paper. Since yeah. parchment paper yeah. by the, it, uh, the philosophers. Yeah. So when you cook like cookies or anything, when you, when you're cooking in the oven, that's the cat's meow. It actually browns it properly. Wait a minute. So you're using it with cookies too? Oh yeah. Mm, I oh, yeah. never tried it with cookies. I just always put it right on the pan. Yeah, for sure. No, it, it uh, and it, it, it browns things nicely. So if you ever get a chance, if you're doing bacon, if you want to put it in the oven. Bacon uh, that, or baking? Uh, bacon and baking actually. Uh, just don't go over. I think it's it's only rated for about four fifteen, four twenty five. I think. Okay. So if you're gonna go, and how long do you put it, I wouldn't. Then how long do you put it? For, that's four fifty Fahrenheit. Yeah. So you, you're on a you're on a near broil. Uh yeah. Broil's five hundred. Right, but it's uh the, the paper's only rated for about four four twenty five, or so. Uh, so you don't yeah. want to go too hot. Yeah, but cookies are only like three, like three. Yeah, yeah. three twenty-five. I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, it's not very high. Yeah, and when you're doing bacon, it's usually maybe <sighs> you gotta gotta keep an eye on it too. So I put it like maybe three seventy-five for maybe five minutes. Take a look at it. Give another five minutes. You know, you gotta kind of keep an eye on it. Is it crispy? <clears throat> Because everybody's thing is different. <clears throat> it depends how you, how you like it, but it does render the fat and the actual uh, protein, like the actual meat of the bacon, and it cooks it all nicely. It's not, it doesn't have that white, gummy or chewy, uh, you know, I know rubbery fat. <laughs> do you like, do you like your bacon like super crisp? No. Oh, okay. No. I think <clears throat> after mom, mom li likes it like, where it's like you touch it and it just shatters is that pretty dry? much yeah no I don't, I don't like it like that I, I like it i like mine kind of chewy i like a little burn like just a yeah. little just a, when it's like like dark brown to like burning like I, that's how i like my bacon right like if you took the piece of bacon put it in a bag and took a hammer and mashed on it and you opened it up and it was just powder that's mm -hmm. way overcooked yeah that's way overcooked because i think that's that's how I think that may be the way that she likes it. Where oh, that the is the way she you, likes it. Yeah. Where you crunch it, and if you were to actually grind it up, you could grind it into yeah. a powder. Mind you, I wonder how that would work in a in a stew or something. If you wanted to add bacon, like real bacon, but you do it like that. And how long would it last? Would you have to refrigerate it? Could you leave it out because it's it's kind of almost what do you call it dehydrated? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you take all the um all the humidity out or all the liquid out dehydrated dehydrated yeah like i built one of those um those air fryers it has a deep it has a dehydrator mode i haven't oh, okay. tried it i haven't tried it yet though but um it's a it's a ninja it seems to seems to work pretty good um i'm wearing my uh this is one of my favorite t-shirts it's starting to go though can you uh make it out here uh is it people with stick sticks shovels and picks are they oh, no, are they chasing balloons. no they they got balloons oh balloons <laughs> it's a original art piece by uh, john lennon that they put onto a shirt oh okay i don't yeah. know i can't remember where i found this but i really like this shirt i don't know that's pretty that's pretty cool it's very um i don't know if you can see behind me like right over whoop, over this head here mm-hmm the uh there's that shelf there it's got all my excalibur stuff in it and the artwork style like immediately on the other side of my head that art style is by alan davis and his art style is very it's cartoonish but it's highly detailed like it's kind of the, a, a perfect mix of cartoon and um lifelike drawing and this emulates the creatures like he'll ha he'll have like a super high high stylized uh person next to uh an amorphor i can't use words amorphic animal kind of like this so it'll be the contrast of the two where someone's got like super lots of lines lots of detail and the other one's just like a blur so this hmm. looks like the blur stuff that he draws <laughs> well from far away before i kind of zoomed in it just looked like pitchforks and shovels so they yeah. were going it was like the the uh the something dead the walking dead people mm, were, yeah you know, or pitchforks were going to uh was it frankenstein the castle yep yep yeah yeah but i didn't see the balloons i've worn some more podcasts I than i can count i think this one. really yeah okay i don't know it's always my go-to that in my uh my uh <laughs> okay i'm gonna say it just so th so this this is a, this is a family joke on uh the portuguese side of the family here but um there's a hot sauce you know the red hot sauce and it's got the rooster on the front yeah you know they use it in a lot of um chinese restaurants um it's 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 the hot the go-to hot sauce that a lot of restaurants will use is it a rooster brand? Because I could buy, I bought the rooster, like the, the uh, was it, jasmine rice? Uh, no, it's a different brand. Almond milk or uh, no, I, I know the brand you mean though. <clears throat> okay, yeah, that's that's the rice I like to buy. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I I use it all. I've used it a lot. Like it, it's a good substitute if you if you want to make. Uh, I usually make my own chili paste and stuff like that, but I haven't done that in years. So I'll just go to this. It's easy. It's in a bottle. Squeeze. It's like a comes out like ketchup. But uh, it, because of the red rooster on the front, uh, it in the family it gets called the hot cock sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's always amused me because I'm 12 years old sometimes. Yeah. And so I saw this shirt for sale with the brand, the whole front brand logo of this hot sauce that I love. 
So I wear it <laughs> because <laughs> invariably someone in the Portuguese community is going to say, hey, the hot the cock. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, that must be great during during dinners. Hey, I pass. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Toilet humor. It's it's always awesome. Oh, um, yeah. Have you been paying attention to the news at all today? Uh, I'm not. I don't think so. A couple things came up. I actually shared something in my Twitter feed. I know my Facebook and Instagram and people that look at it, a couple people, couple people made a comment and it kind of got my ire. It got me all kind of pissed off. This have nothing to do with the Royals. Oh, that that's, that's my part two, but my part one, Okay, it's okay. Adam Levine putting his foot in his mouth again. Now <laughs> for most people, they're not even realizing that he's putting his foot in his mouth. Like they'd, they hear what he's saying. He's like, oh, it's just, you know, Adam Levine just gave an interview and they don't really think twice about it. But you and I are musicians. We've played professionally. We've recorded and put out music, that sort of stuff. We've talked, we've spoken with a lot of musicians in our time on the show. And just in general, our mom was a professional musician. Our dad was a professional musician, a bunch of our uncles. Um, we just had Keith Kessinger on the show who was a professional musician. Like we, we speak to a lot of professional musicians. And we, we, we know these people. So from a professional musician standpoint, every time this guy talks, we all get mad. <laughs> okay. so, and so for those who don't know, Adam Levine is the front man for Maroon 5. And um, he's an asshole. <laughs> so he's also, okay. so he's, He's a guy, when he started out, he was in a band called Maroon 5, and they actually did kind of poppy stuff. But, I mean, he was a guitar player, and it was a three-piece band, and there was a bass player and a drummer. And even though there was a pop sensibility to it, um, like some of it was actually good. People might not give Maroon 5 any credit, but that first album, maybe first couple albums, maybe... Um, they're actually not bad. I was never a big fan, but I was made to listen to them. And I listened to it and go, this isn't actually not bad. This is actually pretty good. Why are these guys getting such a bad rap? Now, the bad rap they're getting is they're overplayed on the radio. Um, the singer is incredibly good looking. So it's kind of that sort of people are not looking at the music. They're looking at the guy fronting the band who's got a pretty face. And they have one song at the time that was on the radio that was really popular or maybe a couple by that point. So they were in that position of people are starting to listen to our music less and they're looking at us more. So it wasn't about the music. It was about watching them, not hearing them play music. And then it started becoming more and more about the singer and the, the other two guys in the band didn't matter. They weren't pretty enough they weren't dressed right enough. They weren't, you know, whatever. Like people always focus on the front person of a band hmm. generally. So, but what happened, the band slowly transitioned into being a, it, it slowly transitioned into Adam Levine and Maroon 5 was like an afterthought. So even though he still had his band with him, um, the band was, wasn't really being interviewed or they were being interviewed less there was less mention of the band. Adam Levine stopped referring to the people in the band, even though they were still, you know, making music with him. 
and they started taking more and more guitar out of their sound which i i don't i don't mind keyboards and stuff like that but or electronic music because i do like electronic music a lot and i do listen to a lot of it but when you have a sound that has a really good distinct guitar like if you go listen to that first album there's a lot of tasty guitar licks on there and he's actually a pretty pretty good guitar player but when you're on a label and you have a hit that comes through so let's use kiss the kiss analogy of they put out i was made for loving you and they had you know a bass that was up your rear end I don't know if you remember the bass from I Was Made for Loving You. It's like it's very disco, right? And that yeah, was yeah. their big disco song. And then there was an expectation after that song. Well, you have to do more of that because you you just had a huge hit, the biggest hit of your career since 1976. You know, you you got to keep doing the songs that sell as opposed to the songs that got you to the party in the first place, which in Maroon 5's case is guitar-driven pop, they have one song that starts pulling them away from the guitar-driven pop. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe we can turn the guitars down a little bit. <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, and we'll, let's add another layer of keyboard, and we'll just raise the keyboard up. We'll take the guitar down. Do um, you remember the White Snake song, Here I Go Again? Yeah. When it was originally released, very heavy guitar, like very prominent guitar in the mix. And then it was re-released. And what they did is they turned the guitar down and they added more keyboard and turned the keyboard up. So the version you generally hear on the radio, and I probably the video version too, the guitar is kind of in the background. And in some cases, they took the guitar solo out. Yep. And but that helped propel White Snake to the upper echelon of hair metal bands, and they were like top cats for a while. So Maroon Five, the same thing, same thing happened to them. So what's happening is that now Adam Levine is a superstar, and he happens to have a band called Maroon Five that he's in, and everyone's just talking about Adam Levine. So Adam Levine gets pulled. And now he's he's got he's got a show on TV where he's a judge for a singing competition show, and he's always he's always in People magazine. He's always in the Inquirer. He's always being interviewed by the non musical side of the music business. Like those are the people that are, you know, you know, it's not Hit Parade or interviewing him. It's not Rolling Stone. It's not, you know, NME Musical Express or whatever. It's not musical magazines it's magazines that talk about music if you know what i mean is it, it's more about the image and the appeal and less about the actual music right so hmm. anyway so what happens now is that adam levine gets a billion play youtube song no guitar uh, it doesn't sound anything like Maroon 5. It's played everywhere. It's played uh, at socials. It's played at the bars. It's played everywhere. And it's huge. So then he just starts, he just keeps redoing the same formula. Less guitar, more poppy, more dancey, more, you know, club. And then his image that he keeps portraying is him without a shirt. 
<laughs> trying to be sexy. So now if that's the image you're portraying and that's the music you're portraying where the music is just dum, 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 dum. And that's all it is there's no it's just like bruno mars <laughs> same idea well bruno mars has a lot of talent i bruno mars and adam like adam levine couldn't lick bruno mars's ass if you ask me bruno mars is super <laughs> fucking talented <laughs> bruno mars he does do pop music, but he is a musician. And Adam Levine is doing more just ambient sound where a lot of the music that's on today's radio is there's just an underlying beat underneath. You don't need a drummer for that. It's got a boom, 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 bass line. You don't need a bass player for that. You can just hit the note twice on your keyboard and hit repeat. And then he's singing over it. He's crooning over it. I love you so much. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. Like there's 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 no structure to the song. Like when when you when you write a song or when I write a song, there's layers to it. There's a bass part, a guitar part, there's a drum part. It's not just a programmed loop or sample where the part's just repeating through the entire fucking song. It's not that. There's structure to it. But well, that's... That there's nothing but then he gets a billion views literally a billion views on youtube and now every other song he's writing is the same thing and they're still they're all achieving the same sort of success because it's 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 an algorithm right it's what the radio the radio knows what algorithm they want to hear so for all those stations that don't play well thought out music that has parts and bits and pieces like that where it's just you know, three pre-programmed things. And sometimes it's just one synth part and one looped drum beat that right. doesn't change. Like that's all we're hearing out of him. And that's, and he's continuing and continuing and continuing to do this. So he, if the formula works, it doesn't matter whether you or I like it, as long as it brings in the money which well, and people are keep buying it. So no, exactly. So he made a comment. That, that prompted an episode i did a solo episode on our on our podcast here called the the fall of of gwen stefani and adam levine and um it got a lot of listens at the time and, and it was right after he had made he had made a comment that there was a, a couple of comments one was that he didn't feel he was getting any respect in, from the musical community and he, he couldn't he couldn't grasp like why am i not getting any respect from the musical community like i'm a musician i write music i've got a billion you know a billion streams on youtube for my videos like billions of streams like why why are people dissing me i don't get it and then the other comment was well rock is dead and no one knows how to write music anymore but i do like that was kind of the the general statement he made and it's like he's so elevated in that ivory tower that he has you know that when everyone's talking about you and telling you you're great and then all of a sudden a musician says you're shit he's like why are they telling me i'm shit everyone's telling me i'm great like why why would why would 
uh, that that guitar player, you know, some Eddie Van Halen type, why would they say that I have no value? Not that Eddie had said that, but, you know, if you get really respected musicians in the industry and they make a comment like Adam Levine is like, you know, he, he's not a real musician anymore. You know, if people are making comments about him that way, he doesn't get it because everyone else is telling him how great he is, but they're not telling him how great a musician and songwriter he is. They're just telling him how great he is. Now, is the music that bad? It's horrible. Is it? Like, yeah. seriously? Okay. Because I'm thinking, like, music is, like they say, is it? everyone has their own has their own taste and it's the same as as his stuff i mean it doesn't matter who who writes it obviously somebody's listening to it because they like it because if they're oh, listening yeah. on the radio it's not like they have a picture in front of them watching him with his shirt off like you said it's the actual music so if if people are actually listening to it there must be some value to it to someone okay uh you know I'll, i can accept that yeah but i mean i am personally i don't listen to his stuff and I'm sure if maybe if I heard a couple of his tunes, I might go, okay, maybe I've, I've heard it before, whatnot, but not something I would follow. That's, it's just not, but that's not my cup of tea. Obviously not your cup of tea. Oh, it's definitely right? not my cup of tea. Because we have our own uh, recipe for classic rock. We've got the drums, we get the bass, we get yep. the guitar and you get the wailing, you know, singer. So now, that that's kind of the, the bundle that we're kind of in where he's kind of taken that out. It says, okay, you know what? We don't need any of that. All we need is a sequencer and I'm just going to sing over it and I'm going to put whatever effects I need to put on there to make it sound like I'm like 18 layers thick or add a bunch of delays or, or spatial stuff. Cause you said he was doing, it was more kind of like laid back stuff. Yeah. There's, there's just a, there's a lot of space in the music cause there's no music there. Like it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a mind thing. It's not so much music. It's kind of like, I don't know, is there a point in the, in the song where it's kind of reflecting where things kind of slow down or speed up? Like it's like a, a speed type thing. Does that make sense? Like where, where like when you, like when he's writing the song and he says kind of laid back. So is it like laid back, just kind of background, you know, type music, like elevator type music? It's very, or? It's very elevator to me. Yeah. Like there's no, dy there, there's no dynamism, like nothing dynamic in there. Okay. It's just very, Okay, here's the verse. Here's four lines of the verse. Okay, here's the chorus. I'm going to sing in a high falsetto. And then that's it. And then back to the verse, four lines. Like it's very formulaic. It's very, you can tell that there's an algorithm. Well, the now, tried and true method. <laughs> but, but like, I, I, like I, I know, like you and I, we grew up on, on a four piece rock band. And that's, you know, what we grew up on. But I'm not so close minded that. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm not close-minded to music. There's a lot of new music that I listen to that I really like. I, I took a plunge into EDM music for a long time and actually, you know, have a huge appreciation for EDM. And I still listen to EDM this day, like to this day. And if you want to look at music that has nothing to do with guitar, bass and drums, well, there you go. Like it's, it's just it's a all, beat. Yeah. It's, it's all about the beat and the fat bass line, but I like that stuff. I find with his stuff, it just, it's, there's, there's no substance there. And like uh, Billy Eilish, or Eilish, sorry. I really like that gal. Like she is, she's amazing. And she's also doing 
like you could probably group them together in terms of minimalistic music where there's not a lot going on but in a Billie Eilish song there's a lot going on and even though she's got a minimalistic approach there's so much going on lyrically it's fucking interesting um musically there there there's still things going on it's not okay i'm just hitting a program and it's just going to play the drum beat for you know two and a half minutes and, and that's it there's there's a lot of thought put into that music there's a lot of thought put into those lyrics um and and it hits home i i did not want to like billy eilish but then mark my buddy mark he made me listen to it like he said mm -hmm. you have to listen to this and i did and i actually listened to it with headphones on and everything i'm like okay you know what this is good but it gets lumped in with the Adam Levines of the world and that sort of stuff. Okay. I was going to write that down, but I'll just listen to Billie it. Eilish. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's really good. Um, and, but I also like, um, Oh, like see us. I think Sia's music is, is incredibly well-written. There's a lot of stuff going on there. It's definitely not one dimensional. And I think maybe that's the problem I have is he, he wrote songs with catchy hooks, catchy lyrics. And then he just started phoning it in. Like he didn't worry about the lyrical content. He's just kind of, eh, you could be loved. I could love you. We could love each other forever. I'll see you in the morning. Like, you know, there's like, there's no, there's no substance. It's not deep. Yeah. There's no depth. And you know what? It, not all music has to have depth. It can just be fun and fun to dance to. But even in a song like Love Shack by the B-52s, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of fucking substance there. And yeah, it's fun and it's silly. And, you know, it, it just seems like at the, at the forefront of that song, it's about going to a love shack. Like there's, there's nothing going on if you look at it at face value, but if you listen to it, there's shit going on in that song. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's interesting guitar, bass, uh, different types of vocal harmonies in there. Like it's, it's actually for as simple and dumb a song as you might view that as there's a lot of stuff going on. If you listen to groove is in the heart by delight, you know, that song. Love shack is pretty, uh, there's also, uh, was it Rock Lobster? Rock Lobster. Like, there's a yeah. lot going on in that one. Like, as you can still have a fun song, but have a lot of depth in terms of how it's put together. Now, I'm not saying any of our, you know, because we're musicians and because we've played and stuff, I'm not saying our stuff is fantastic, but at least we tried. <laughs> you know, and, you know, like, like we said before, like on the lyrical side of things, every song went through like tons of rewrites. It was never good enough. It was always being revised. We did the same thing with the music. There was always, you know, it wasn't like Todd, if you just played a don't, 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 don't like on the bass through the whole song. Right. You'd be bored, but you didn't do that. No, I, I kind of played the bass as a, a rhythm accompaniment to the guitar i guess you could call it so anyway so the latest adam levine headline he said there aren't any bands anymore bands have died is is, is the comment he made they're all in quarantine but they're all over youtube if you want to look well no <laughs> but he wasn't referring to youtube or he wasn't sorry he wasn't referring to the quarantine so much as you know bands just aren't putting out music anymore 
is is what his comment was and it's like but you're in a band it's called maroon five so <laughs> like, I, I don't get it like wh- what do you mean i could actually pull the headline up here but you said it was his music though this was separate from maroon five well that's the thing is it's never viewed this is his solo stuff no it's not it's all maroon five and he oh. is he is he is maroon five that's the way it's always sold as uh let's see in 20 some people like to be rich and famous i i I like to be the rich part the famous part i don't know if i'd want that too much hassle uh let's see oh yeah here you go here's the comment adam levine lead singer of a band (laughs) band. line adam levine lead singer of a band feels like there aren't any bands anymore so this is this is from Vulture. So credit to Vulture for printing this story. But he said Adam Levine, Adam Levine has been giving Maroon Five his full attention for the past few years after moonlighting as a singer during his eight years coaching on The Voice. That has culminated in a new song out today, "Beautiful Mistakes," featuring none other none other than Megan Three Megan the Stallion, which is a, a rapper. The song is from a new Maroon Five. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's just kind of zip through here. I feel like. And I'm going to try to do his voice. I feel like there aren't any bands anymore, you know? Levine told Zane, blah, blah, blah. That's the thing that makes me kind of sad is, is that that there were just bands and there's no bands anymore. And I, I feel like they're a dying breed. I mean, there's still plenty of bands and maybe they're not in the limelight quite as much or in the pop limelight, but, but I wish there could be more of those around. <laughs> That's his comment. Oh. Well. More bang. <laughs> How was my impersonation? I mean, you don't know what he sounds like, but uh, I've heard him. Office. I've heard him on the Voice. Yeah. Okay. He's not on there anymore, though. So the um, the reaction from bands, you know, like there's tons of bands commenting, going, "Oh, I guess we should just pack <laughs> it up then, eh?" <laughs> yeah, I can no, but- see. I can see them being some comments. But he doesn't, he's, he's so insulated in what he does that he, he's not even aware there's music outside of that bubble that he's in. And that bubble is the corporate world that creates algorithmic music that, you know, trends to a a specific age group that's going to go to a club or used to be able to go to a club, you know, and, and it's just that, like he, he's not seeing outside his bubble because why would he step outside the bubble? He's not going to, you know, in the past, he's not going to have gone to a dirty rock club to go see a band play and go, holy shit, these guys are good. No, he's going to go and see who's headlining Madison Square Garden. And and rock and roll has always been dirty. Like there's always a, a, a dirt, a grime to it. Rock music has always had something. Dirty. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so I just feel he's like so detached from reality. Because when you're in an ivory tower like that and everyone's heaping praise on you, how would you be aware of what's going going on around you? Because everything that he sees, reads, or hears is given to him by the people praising how great he is and how he's such a god, you know, and how beautiful he is. So how would he be aware of anyone else's opinions? Because he's just like, if someone keeps coming and you saying, God, Todd, you're beautiful. You have an amazing voice. You're just, you, mm. your songs are just, 
they're a, they're part of the global consciousness. And if you just heard this all the time from all your handlers, you wouldn't be aware that people hate your guts because all the all the people in your bubble are people praise you. The people outside the bubble are just those other people, you know? Right. Hmm. It sounds like the Rocky, was it Rocky 2? When um when Stallone you know, was full of or like Rocky was full of himself. Well, Clubber Lang wanted a match with him or something rather, and then he was saying, uh, you know, they said he wasn't ready. So yeah, I'm not ready. So well, because the people that he was fighting were kind of handpicked, right? Uh, that's exactly the analogy. <clears throat> so that uh, you know, he said he was great and stuff and all this, but uh in the end he, they were trying to trying to save him, I guess, from from getting uh, getting hurt. It's funny, this Levine guy, he got, when they had the uh, the concert for, for Chris Cornell after he died, there's just kind of a memorial concert sort of thing. And they had a whole bunch of people show up that were fans. And they, they performed, you know, a bunch of Cornell songs from all the different bands he's been in over the years. And the backing band for it was um, was Temple of the Dog or slash Pearl Jam slash Soundgarden. So those were the, you know, those were the bands that were, that were playing. Right. And so he's, he's getting to play. So he got invited to this thing. And I'm like, why would you be invited to this thing? And when he came on, like no one was impressed, but when, but I'll tell you one thing, when Miley Cyrus came up, she was invited to that because she was actually friends with the family, with Chris Cornell's family. And she came out and at first the crowd's like, ah, like really like Miley Cyrus, you know, like it, it didn't make it's it. Hannah Montana. Give it up. Give it up. But it, the crowd was like, Oh God. But then she loved Chris Cornell's music. And, you know, d- despite what the public image is of her, she was a, a fan. Mm-hmm. And when she sang, she sang from, from the heart and from the soles of her feet. And about two minutes into the song, the, the, the audience went, fuck this Miley Cyrus is amazing like all these people that hate pop music and hate country and hate this and hate that once they heard her sing with passion they're like okay you know what maybe she's not the one-dimensional pop tart that you know we've been force fed maybe there's actually some substance here and I feel after that she's starting to get a bit more recognition for maybe she's not that girl from Hannah Montana maybe she's not the image that's pushed down our throats you know maybe we should take a second look at her and i did too and i'm like she's more than just you know the the two or three songs that play on the radio too much Mm -hmm. but adam levine hasn't done that yet he hasn't put out something good yet so not not it's like ages ago so usually when I go on my rants, there's usually a a, a red button that, that usually gets hit. This one, th- this one is obviously a red button for you because you, you've pretty much gone on a, on a on a tangent. Because I and I and I'm trying to figure out now: is it him you don't like really bad? Is it the way he writes music that you don't really like, or is it the actual music itself, or is it all three? I think if his attitude, you don't care for his music and you don't care for his writing. I think if his attitude was different, maybe I'd be okay with it. Okay, so his tood. So him and his tood. His tood, yeah. <laughs> it's his tood, yeah. Yeah. Only his tood. Okay. So if you took that away and you just heard the music, it's still crap. Well, I will I will tell you this. When the first album came out, because he was still he was 
at the beginning stages of being uh, paraded around like the pretty boy who plays guitar. Mm-hmm. I, the first time I saw an image, I didn't want to listen to anything, but I was made to listen to it. Go, oh, he's actually talented. It's just the PR people are trying to sell his good looks, you know, but you know, if I can look past that, cause not, not that I have anything against people that are attractive or good looking or whatever, but it's like, oh, you're actually a musician. You're just using your image to help sell some more albums, but you're actually playing guitar. You actually can play and you actually write some catchy songs. So, you know what? Like I gave him a pass after that. I'm like, and actually, you know, I had a couple songs that I would listen to. Of it's like a mini vanilla without the posers. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that, that's the thing that just got me just over the moon. So I actually posted a bitch on uh, a, I, I posted a bit, not a bitch. Did I you write him? A, a, did, you, a, did you tweet him? <laughs> no, I that shit out. Oh, I should have, but <laughs> I just, anyway, I got a few responses and, and they're like, they, they understood. And some people went back and re-listened to that episode or uh, the fall of Gwen Stefani and Adam Levine. Mm-hmm. And the thing is both in Gwen Stefani as well, like she used to be, in no doubt and made some kick and killer music amazing vocalist amazing uh really good at song structure and then what happened is they released that one song don't speak they released that one song that's different than everything else like very different than everything else but it fits perfectly into middle of the road radio and it transcends everything and it and it balloons the band from an accomplished ska punk band to the ballad band and then that's kind of what people wanted from them but they still stayed true to their their core and you know the album after that they they just took chances galore and were trying a bunch of different stuff and it was cool and then she got lulled or pulled into doing a solo album because you're so much bigger than the band so they pulled her out and you know then she became someone who's writing vapid lyrics, vapid, like basically Adam Levine style stuff. And, you know, she did this for five or six years where she's just being, you know, a pop star and kind of like just music with no, she, she was doing music with no substance or very little substance. And then she goes back to no doubt. Cause all the no doubt fans are like, what are you doing? Like, no doubt was rising and rising and you guys were, you know, becoming superstars. And then you took off and did music that, that doesn't hold a candle. And then she goes back to no doubt years later, like, okay, I got, I got all that out of my system. Let's, let's, uh, you know, let's continue where we left off with no doubt, but all of the fans of no doubt when she left and did music that wasn't anywhere near as good, and suddenly she's the face of no doubt and it's not no doubt it's Gwen Stefani and no doubt it kind of it was all about her and it wasn't Mm -hmm. about the band anymore and then she couldn't understand why no one wanted to go see them anymore but it's like well it's okay to go do a solo record you know like Chris Cornell did a bunch of solo records as well too like he left Soundgarden and then he left Audio Slave and he did some solo records but people didn't hate him for doing the solo records. They just didn't like them. I liked them, but people didn't really, really like them. 
But then when he came back to Soundgarden, everything was like fine. It's like, well, you know, you had a solo record you needed to get out a bunch of songs that don't fit in the Soundgarden catalog. And you just went and did your own thing. But then when you came back, you were, you know, right back to being, you know, Chris Cornell singer for Soundgarden. But it was a band that came back. It wasn't Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. It was Soundgarden came back. When Well, did Soundgarden tour after he left? No. Well, that's why. Because no doubt probably went out and toured. No, they didn't. Oh, they didn't? No. Okay, I thought maybe they said, you know what, just like sticks. Uh, well, oh, you can't have lights on you? Oh, okay, well, we'll leave you behind. <laughs> kind of the same idea so I, I think if you look at those chris cornell and gwen stefani and adam levine if adam levine like really tried to say hey it's maroon five man we're gonna you know go go back to our roots or you know go back to writing like a band and being a band and and doing all those sorts of things i don't know if i don't people wouldn't take him seriously and that's the thing. He he really wants to be taken seriously. And, he, and he's, he's brought this up a number of times. I want to be taken seriously as a musician and as a songwriter. But then you keep making comments that alienate yourself from musicians and songwriters and that you're better than that than they are. You're better than your peers because you've had, you know, you lucked out and had a super hit song or a bunch of them that meets exactly the demographic and algorithm that, the radio stations want so it's like did you really write a great song or did you just write the right song for the moment and it, but it might not necessarily be a great song like he's assuming his songs are the greatest songs that have ever been written but that's just you know mm-hmm. 20 years from now no one's going to remember who adam levine is you think i i, I know gwen stefani is like She's a blip on the screen. She's known for being Gwen Stefani and getting a divorce and marrying a country star. And she's, she's known for all those things. She's not known for her music anymore. And Adam Levine is not known for his music anymore either. Chris Cornell is known for his music. Right. You know, he's not known. Oh my God, he's so pretty. Yeah. He's a pretty dude, but that's not what he's known for. You know, like people don't talk about how great a guitar player Adam Levine is or how great a singer he is. People never talk about that. So it's like, but he's like, I don't know why people don't. I'm fucking amazing. You know, like that's kind of his attitude. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, Hmm. (laughs) that's my rant. (laughs) I think I'm done. Wow. That was quite, uh, quite deep. So do you want to talk about the other stuff that was in the news? (laughs) Sure. What was the other the stuff? Royal family stuff. The royal family. Wow. Did you watch it? I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched uh, several clips and, and seen a lot of the stuff that was said. And I, I and I kind of I went into a, a bit of a dive to to see. You might know more than I do. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, you watched the whole thing. Okay, perfect. Good. Okay, so yeah. then th- that's good because you can fill in the gaps that that I have. Yeah. So what's so you share in your words. Well, you know what? I, I really didn't have an opinion on uh, when they got married because I don't really follow the, the whole royal wedding thing. But uh, I know there was a lot of people figuring that, you know, Megan was, was going into the royal family and it's like, okay, well, now she's wanting to change everything, doesn't want to be part of what's going on. Uh, and media, I mean, the way it is, uh, it's always, you know, to get the, the juiciest of, uh, of stories. 
Um, so um, watching it really kind of opened up, um, opened up her eyes a bit on, on, you know, what, what she went through when she was there and uh, having to deal with um, years and years and years and, you know, the monarchy and, and how they, how they kind of do business um, and how they, you know, treat their, you know, their, and their people or your, I don't know how you want to, how you want to say it. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she was to the point where she was looking at, you know, thinking about committing suicide. It was so bad. And uh, Harry saw what was happening to her, which had happened to her mother with it, with his mother. And, oh. he, and he saw, you know, and he saw it coming around again and, and happening in the same manner. So he was seeing a pattern here. He was seeing history repeating itself and he did not want to be part of that. He didn't want her to be part of that. Holy shit. Um, that's heavy, dude. Yeah. And also, I mean, Archie, and then they were talking about like on the view today. Is Archie? They were talk, Archie is their, 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 no, I'm not sure if that's the one that's already born or the one that's going to be born. I can't. Oh, he's the one. Like I said, I don't follow it a whole lot. But uh, there was some concerns on, I guess, the uh, the skin tone of the child when it's born, uh, because Megan is, I think, her mother. I'm not too sure how the whole. I think it's her her dad is white and her, her mom is black or something. I'm, I'm not too sure how that all works. Oh how if it's 100 percent or part or how that all works but anyway there was, there was concerns or, or not concerns but there was issues brought up saying you know what what color the, the baby might be when it's when it's born oh, okay because i saw okay i saw that clip that 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 oprah clip where yeah the like, oprah one too, concerned yeah. about the color and i'm like that's a thing well like, cause, cause Oprah was like, I'm, look on Oprah's face. She was like completely shocked that that was a thing. Well, and, it, you know what? Uh, part of that, I want to say part of that is a little bit of the, uh, I can't say she should have been that shocked because I mean, on the view they're talking about today and, and I can't remember one of them was saying, you know what? I, you know, I thought the same thing. Like if, you know, because she's, she's darker skin, what complexion would the baby be? What that means in a nutshell, whether it means that you're racist or not, or, or whether or not it's just an observation. I mean, it, it's all on, on how you interpret it, I guess. But from what she was saying with them, they were saying it in a derogatory manner. Okay. Derogatory it wasn't the just... whole monarchy is 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 white as Casper, the friendly ghost, right? Yeah. They're, they they there there's no the bloodlines run pretty. You know, it's it's been like that for for so long. Well, it's a, it's a royal bloodline, right? So they don't mix. Yeah. Like, and I guess isn't that how it was like hundreds of years ago? Where well, black people were the slaves. Marry... You know, those were the ones that were probably working for them. Like it, it there, there would have been no chance in hell that you would have had anybody in color uh, being part of the royal family. Oh God! Well, yeah, because so like old, all the marriages are all like arranged in in such a way that. Well, this bloodline is pure, so then you can marry into our royal family. Like your royal family can marry my royal family because we got to keep like there's a purity that's of the way, blood. Yeah. Like that's I mean, how that's, the monarchy works, right? I, I believe, am I wrong? Well, from what I remember, you know, talking about you know medieval times and stuff, and 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 how that all kind of went about, and then with the castles and whatnot, and I don't know if the monarchy is part of that or if that was all 
um whatever anyways I, i've never <laughs> I know I'm going i've with. never been a fan of the royal family or any royal family because to me it's like okay well you're you're royal what does that even mean nowadays it doesn't mean anything to have a pure bloodline and all this sort of stuff it's like we're a hodgepodge of you know different cultures and different skin colors and and different people like why does that matter like why does a royal and pure bloodline matter nowadays to me it, it feels very racist the whole oil thing in general i think is a bunch of bs like, what do they, they have do? all this money like, and they tell like, people what to do like i don't yeah, but how do they get the money they don't do they don't work do they work do they do something to get the money is this investments that they're getting from money is this money from the uk people are like taxes don't, and stuff yeah we don't they isn't that part of like i could be totally wrong here i don't know how it works but my assumption is, is that the royal family just collects taxes because they're because they're part of the original line that founded the country or, or whatever so that that therefore you're living in their land or whatever so they get they get money from everyone and i think it's very fragile is that too, how it works i think and i think that they know that you know people eventually are going to say okay why are you are here what do you money? what do you do yeah, exactly so it took megan to, to go on there and actually she went to the establishment no there was a i can't remember the keyword that she used but she went to them and she asked for help because she was you know to the point where she was thinking of, of of ending her life so she had gone to them and they said that they couldn't help her because she wasn't an employee of of uh you know the, she wasn't part of the, one of the employees so she wasn't that, part of the royal family even though so was this after she was married so when she married in theoretically uh, you're a employee of the royal family or a member I, of the what i don't know because but, but then they were also saying that their child wouldn't have any protection you know the royal family they're always there's always security or protection sure. right apparently um now what i didn't get was at the time when they were at the castle i believe they said that they wouldn't have any security so 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 basically they had to basically flee from what i gathered to be able to um to be safe <laughs> if that makes sense unless i unless i was watching it wrong but that's what i kind of got they you get to the point where it's like mm, uh they just decided you know this and harry saw what was going on and he just saw the same thing happening that happened to to his mom and said you know what he's gonna pull a plug so he basically gave up his royalty to just go yeah. be, just to go be a dude yeah, I don't think they have any actual uh, duties per se. I think he's, I mean, they're part of the royal family, but they're not, I don't think they're active. Because they do, yeah, I know, anyway. they do have duties as members of the royal family, like things that they, that the royal family makes them go do, like they give them jobs to go do or, you know, the goal. Yeah, but but don't forget that it's very structured. Like from the moment you wake up to the time you go to bed, I think is pretty much structured. Like your whole life is structured. You don't have any control over it. And he said he feels sorry for his, his dad and his brother because he's caught up in in that loop of of how that all works. 
and they in and i mean he got out of it but i mean he's kind of on his own how hard do you think that was for him to extricate himself that can't be well but good on him for like pulling out and like for for the sake of his of his wife and his kids like that's that's courageous because i don't know the royal family almost seems like a mob in in a way you know like uh, mob is in like you know like the mafia or something like you know, you don't mess with the royal family. You, that's just something you don't do. It's almost like you don't mess with Don Corleone. It's kind of the same, maybe not, you know, maybe not exactly the same thing, but the same sort of thing is that you don't mess with the royals because they have all this power and they can crush you. Well, they have, I mean, they have a, a hold in the UK, what, but I mean, what, what their equivalent would be here, I, I don't know what that would be. That's, I don't think there's anything that's it's, close. It's not, it's a whole different whole different way of ruling i guess i don't know it's weird it's weird but apparently uh like the the queen has always been by her side she's been uh by megan markle's side yeah because uh i mean megan said that she was you know she was always good to her and and stuff and and um you know would talk to her and, and and whatnot but i don't know i'm not too sure who in the family is is causing all this stuff but uh, being that they seem so fragile it was like you know if she wanted to go for help well no you can't go for help because that would look bad on us right oh yeah because as soon as she she would check herself in somewhere all of a sudden the tabloids are there oh megan she she went in for you know psychoanalysis or 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 whatever uh but anytime you you know if there's something wrong, the media is there right away because, of course, it's the juicy story and they're going to run with it, whether it's accurate or not. I can see the I, – I can just – just because we live in a dumb world, I can see them going, okay, well, we, we have a person of color that's married into the royal family and now she's seeking psychological uh, assistance. Like, you know, she's seeing a psychiatrist or whatever. They would use that against her because of a, because of her color, just because we're a stupid society that way. They would take, use anything to use her color against her or any, any action she would do against her. It seems like a fucking horrible existence. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, like I don't know when 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 they got engaged and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool, you know, like you know, they're he's marrying an American. Like that's all I thought about. I didn't. Well, I think they mentioned that she should uh, keep her acting career because she would be getting paid. Yeah, well, she was yeah. she was great in um, I think it's Suits that she was in. Suits, yeah. I I never watched Suits. No, I, 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 I never heard of her until. Uh, oh really? She was going out with. Uh, Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was watching um, watching the news, and um, oh, I don't have the guy's name. Anyway, and it's a it's a it's a British guy, and he had gone out with a date with with Megan, and then at the end of the night, he got her cab and she drove away, and she went to a different party, which Harry was at. And then she met, she met Harry there, and then the rest is history, and never talked to him again. <laughs> and then he was on the, he was on one of the, it was a talk show or a news show or something, and he was talking, and and he, 
got all upset and took his microphone off and whatnot and walked off the set and <laughs> and they're like what are you doing <laughs> oh the the new piers morgan guy yes piers morgan yeah i saw i saw that and he was i guess he's been he's been all over Meghan markle for for forever because well, ever since ever since then because they showed the interview of when oh yeah we went this and then uh, and then she left and then she went and you know saw harry and that ha 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 and that was it right but mm-hmm. i think he held a he was holding a well was that what, she something. wasn't dating him she wasn't on a date with him she was on a date with him with piers she, morgan yeah i guess what? she went to dinner or something and then after and then he brought her she he brought her to a cab or something and then she was going out to a party or something you know where prince harry was I, i'm gonna that's to where they met <laughs> yeah. is that his beef like I, I i don't follow this stuff i don't i didn't even really know who piers morgan was because i don't know like i'd heard i think i'd heard about him before but when i hear about these people that are blowhards that they're just being assholes all the time i just i just turn the channel you know well I, they they have to be to be able to make it yeah. Because when they're in media, it's like they want to be up front all the time, right? That's what boosts their ratings. ratings well, of course. So basically, all the dicks <laughs> are well. the ones in politics that are popular. Because, you know, sometimes that's the way you got to be to be noticed. Simon Cowell on American Idol. Not all Idol the time. Is a, Simon Cowell on American Idol. They whenever they've done a show because Being that a dick show, made him famous. Yeah. yeah. But every other talent show after that, who are we going to cast as the asshole? Like there's always, there always had to be an asshole. There always had to be a nice person. Like every show had to follow that formula. I guess Adam Levine's the asshole. His show. <laughs> ah, just kidding. Um, no, you're not. But I, I, well, no, I'm not this whole, but this whole thing, I, I feel bad for me. Why am I calling her Megan Markle? Isn't, didn't she take his last name or no? I don't think she did. And what is the last name? Harry what? Prince of Wales. <laughs> is that the last name? Wales? No, like no, Wales? no, 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 no. What is the last name? It's probably not even, I don't know. They, they all have different uh, Prince of this and Prince of that. Everybody has their own little marquee. What's the, um... what is, <laughs> this is probably the dumbest question ever. Who is Megan? Yeah. What is Harry's last name? What? Henry Charles Albert David. Wow. So David's the last name? I guess it's no worse than... His name... The... Oh, what his, what his new name will be. No worse than Charles Philip Arthur George. His new name will be Henry Charles Albert David Duke of Sussex. Of Sussex. What is that in like New Brunswick or what? <laughs> no, it is that that's yeah, Sussex. What his brother is he what's what's his uh his handle now? Oh here hang on, hang on. Okay, so do the royals have a last name? For the most part, members of the royal family who are entitled to the style. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay, I'm gonna read this again. For the most part, members of the royal family who are entitled to the style and dignity of HRH Prince, I don't know what HRH means, or Princess do not need a surname. But if at any time any of them do need a surname, the surname is Mountbatten Windsor. Hmm. So Windsor? 
So they, I guess, yeah. Now I have to look this thing up. Did Piers Morgan date Megan? I don't even know how to spell this. One date, he was out. <laughs> oh, they were once very close. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know if they were an item, but. I thought it was just that one dinner. Because he said after that, he, he never saw her again. His pub date. Okay, Spoke here we go. Piers Morgan and Meghan Markle's feud pub date, which sparked disdain in secret messages. I wonder if that's the same one where they had Harry. Remember Harry? They had that film. He was at a pool party or something. I don't know if they were skinny dipping. There was something going on. He was partying hard anyways. That was a couple of years back. I wonder if that was the party she was at. Wow. Hmm. I don't know. I I can't believe I, I guess I'm still stymied by the whole like the thing that the thing that I don't understand is why her color matters. Like I well, just that's something I just I can't understand. Like why why would that matter? Why is that like, well, wh- why are you people talking you about and, I don't get it. Well between you and me and the, and the fence post, no, it, it doesn't matter. But to a lot of people, it does matter. And obviously to the royals, or at least certain people, who knows? It could just be one person. Or it could be a whole conglomerate of people. Well, it could I'm be sure, the, like it's not be just the media. The queen, the queen, the king, um, and the princes. Like there's not just that to the royal family. There's probably layers of bureaucracy in there and you know, people that hold them up and make sure they maintain the ideals of the royal family, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know if ideals is a proper word. It's probably like I'm trying to think of a more negative word <laughs> to, to represent the royal family, but like, and, and to not be able to marry someone that you like, like, Oh, you know, Hey, you know, Harry meets, you know, this actress, you know, who, who did some pretty good work on, on, on a very popular TV show. And he meets her and, you know, he falls in love. Like, what's wrong with that story? Nothing. Like, I married a Portuguese woman. Oh, my God, I'm not Portuguese. Why does that fucking matter? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I, well, I don't understand why that needs to matter. It, well, we're the royal family. What's So? Uh, she, wasn't so allowed, she wasn't allowed to speak. Like, no, it's just... Like she said, like she said, she felt like, you know, the mermaid, because what had happened was with the mermaid, they, you know, I mean, she, she couldn't uh, speak when she got her legs, when she when got her legs, her legs prince, she, she met her prince, her got her legs, they took away her voice, but Megan got her voice back by leaving because it was the only way that she was going to have a voice. Good for her. I heard that they, um, that, um, who was it now? Famous director took them in. Yeah, the uh, uh, Tyler Perry, guy, the guy that dresses up as a Tyler Perry, as a as a old grandma. Yeah, Tyler Perry. <laughs> yeah, so I guess they're going to stay there. I'm not sure yeah, if they're he still took there. them in, and he he has his own security because he's pretty yeah. famous, pretty famous dude now. Yeah, and good on him, like for that doing that. Like, yeah. you know, there, I I can't even imagine emotionally how both of them are. I I mean, I I only saw like 
tidbits of the interview i'm probably going to try to watch it but i can't imagine the fragility like how bad their brains are putting up with all this crap like they probably can't make a good decision because they're just so emotionally beat down like this is bullying of the highest level that they're suffering oh yeah you know good good on you know what tyler perry good on you you know for taking them in because you know maybe they have money maybe they don't who knows like i mean she was an actress for a while i don't know how well she was paid or you know but you know actors traditionally have some money in the bank but you know i don't know how much they have to live off of but in their state of mind that they're likely in because of all this bullying that they've endured like at least someone's helping them you know and maybe a safe place to be where we can they can just go okay what the fuck just happened to we our lives what yeah. are we going to do like they can actually breathe like take the time to breathe right yeah and if people are going to like chase them the paparazzi are going to chase them and, and 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 try to do any of the same shit they they pulled with his mom like just fuck off like you know i know you want a headline you want a picture for your tmz or whatever just like leaving the fuck alone like let them just be no different never, than you and me are. You that'll know? never happen. It'll always be an update yeah. of what's going on compared to the royal family. Oh, royal family's doing this. Oh, what's uh, what are these two doing Like in the meantime type thing? Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Well, I've never been a fan of the royals, but I'm now, I'm now a fan of Harry and Meghan. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Mm. You know, like, that's pretty courageous. Like, <laughs> like I... Uh, I don't know. I I, yeah. I really hope you have to be this. yeah. You have to be on all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, no one, no one should have to do that. That's 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 that demand is unreasonable. No one should have to be on all the time. Right. And, but I mean, that's know, the way it's been for years. And, that's, and if and if she had said if she had said things that upset the royal family, right? Things that weren't proper or didn't fo follow, whatever. Okay, she made a mistake. Let her apologize. If she didn't say what you want to say, she could say, "Oh, you know what? You know, I, I'm sorry I said that." Like, just like we're we're not allowed to apologize nowadays. It's like you you're you're damned for every single word that you say. Doesn't matter if you said it, and it's not you you said you said something that that you didn't mean to say. It just came out because your stream of consciousness speaking and it's like oh no that's not what i meant but then they take that out of its context and then they put it out there and i'm sure she's been taken out of context on anything she said yeah you know, well like, i mean nowadays it's like oh remember what you said 20 years ago on a stand-up on the, you, know, you know it's like okay you're gonna fault me for, it's like all this dr sue's stuff i don't know i <sighs> I think it's a bunch of BS myself. Uh, unless unless there's something blatant in the books that I don't remember seeing, I, I can't see why. I mean, they're calling it the cancel culture, or or well, there, there's 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 something more to the Doctor Seuss story. I actually looked into this because I was, um, I mean. I, I, I like Dr. Seuss books and I have Dr. Seuss books and I read them to the kids and I really like the, you know, the lyrical scheme of how he writes. It's very well written stuff, mm -hmm. but apparently there was, I don't know how many books, I think it's four books total that were written 
and at the time I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's okay what was in the books but I'll, I'll kind of let you know what it was and but at the time it doesn't matter what type of media was around there was all there was always really poor characterization of certain cultures or certain skin colors and just not cool back then everybody was doing it um i'm not, I'm not saying it's right but that was the way things were and dr seuss made a poor a very poor judgment call in continuing to portray uh something that's very racist looking in his books now you know whether that makes him a racist or not that's not the argument i'm i'm, I'm giving here but the estate of dr seuss said look we are pulling these books because they are not appropriate and i don't even think they'd been available for a while but there was four books that that showed um particular cultures or whatever in, in a very stereotypical racist kind of way and they decided not from public pressure but they decided we're not putting this out like we're not going to republish those books we're just going to let them you know fall off the fall off the earth right but here's the thing is you know if the dr seuss books that people read because people didn't really read those four books were never popular i don't think they were out because they're dr seuss books but i don't think nothing really ever happened with those books, but the other books that have helped people uh, in, in different ways, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like if someone wrote a, a, an incredible book that taught about tolerance, that taught about, you know, you know, loving your neighbor, regardless of what, you know, who your neighbor is, um, as long as they're not like a serial killer, I guess, but, but they, they write this incredible book that when people read it, it breaks down their barriers in the mind, maybe makes them think twice about, wow, like I was being racist. I'm going to stop being racist or I was being sexist. I'm going to stop being sexist or, or, or whatever. So you read a book that opens your mind and then you find out that years before that same author had written a book that had a derogatory uh, version of something. So between book one and book seven, book seven being the one that everyone that changed the world and book one was wrong. Did that writer realize they had written something that was horrible, but at the time, because they were ignorant and they didn't realize what they were doing was wrong. And then later they realize it and it's that realization that let them write that book that helped the world. So I'm, I'm not saying that Dr. Seuss, Seuss wasn't racist or anything. I don't know if he was or wasn't, but maybe those earlier books were, were done uh, in accordance with something and they put them out and then he's like, holy shit, like I can't do this anymore. So instead of apologizing, he just, you know, like nothing happened with the books maybe like I, I i mean i i think that because he's not around and he's deceased he can't defend himself he can't say look i made a mistake when i did those books you know i was i whatever reason i did those books they were wrong and i'm really really sorry um i'm a better person now i'm you know i learned from 
sometimes you have to learn from doing something really, really wrong to become a much better person. And maybe that happened to him, but I mean, there's no Facebook when he was around, there's no social media, there's no Twitter. So maybe someone approached them and said, this is, this is fucking horrible. You can't have a book with racist depictions of, of certain cultures. You can't. And maybe he had a realization and like, Holy shit, you're right. This is, I didn't, you know, someone explained it to him in detail and he, he got, he got it. And then he stopped doing it. And then he, he turned a leaf and tried to be more motivational and more, um, like me reading Dr. Seuss books, they're all about being kind to people. So I have a hard time thinking that he did a book that wasn't, but maybe it's making the mistakes where he actually turned a leaf and said, holy, like, I can't, I have to be better than what, than what I was. I have to evolve into a better human being. Well, people grow. I mean, that, and that's the thing, the people evolve. I mean, you know, I mean, when you're trying to better yourself from what you were, you know, yesterday, you want to be a better person the next day, you know, your faults, you work on them. That's, that's all you can do really. And yeah. if, you know, and if he, you know, if he wrote something and, and I'm not too sure what, I didn't see these books, so I don't know what it is depicted in there, whether it's, oh, they're pretty bad, <laughs> whether, whether they've just, you know, whatever they did but today now i don't want to say anything about a mark you know whether it's marketing or not but today we went to super value and they had a section all dr seuss books oh okay yeah like on a display so it's like okay so is this a case of uh bad publicity is still publicity Oh. whether it's good or bad so it's like well we decided because we're you know we're good people that we're going to pull these from the shelf and oh while we're in the news you guys can check out our new display we've got all our books out all the other books are out. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of like bell bottoms someone brings it up and then the style comes back for a little while and yeah. then pff, they're gone again <laughs> yeah yeah, like a fly by night and they come in the tar your driveway and then you never hear from them again. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, I does I, I saw them there today. I'm like, didn't he just pull a whole bunch of books out? Like, why is this whole display here? Is this kind of like a marketing thing or it's interesting. I want I wonder well, why. Well, like I, I know like um people are attacking jk rowling because of comments she's made that she's not she's not being very sensitive uh you know to to she's not being sensitive to the world the way it is and she has an opinion and it's very polarizing and it's not and people are canceling people are canceling her and mm-hmm. they're canceling the work that she wrote but i'm of like Harry Potter was, I, I mean, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I've seen the movie. I've seen all the movies and, you know, my wife's a big fan and I know a lot of people that are, were big fans. So when JK Rowling all of a sudden is being canceled for, you know, statements and opinions that she's had, and she just keeps reinforcing the same opinions over and over again, that are really getting her in a lot of hot water. 
what about the work that she wrote? The work that, you know, got people that opened people's minds to being accepting, open people's minds to people that were different, but different doesn't mean bad. It just means different. You know, like Harry Potter was eye-opening to a lot of people and helped a lot of people through some hard times that were different and couldn't be accepted. But through the world of Harry Potter, they were able to persevere. And, you know, some people that were suicidal were able to, you know, stop that, stop that line of thinking and believe in themselves and, and survive and, you know, become, you know, prominent members of society or whatever, like for all the good that the books have done, do we just, do we just cancel it because the author has a really bad opinion about something? What about the good that the books have done? Like, I don't know if I'm not trying to be controversial. Like I, I, I heard what she said, but I think the books serve a really good place in society. And if the books have to be taken away because what she said is not what she's saying now is not good, you know, and it's, it's like all those, all those movies that uh, Harvey Weinstein produced and people are saying, you know, we're, we're going to boycott, boycott the movies that he produced, but it's like, but hang on a second. He produced those movies. What about all the people that made those movies? What about the directors, the writers, there was a lot of stuff that came out from, you know, under, under his company that were great movies and that pushed tolerance or, or pushed, you know, good things, you know, yeah, it was produced. But, those are, but the movies and his actions are two different things altogether. Well, that's the thing. I think there needs to be a separation, especially with him, because I mean, Kevin Smith is a good dude and Weinstein Weinstein he produced like, all of his movies right right so we're not going to cancel kevin smith like why should we cancel kevin smith like he like kevin smith took all of his money to make these movies and and wine weinstein weinstein i can't say his name <laughs> you know he 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 backed he paid the bill to put those movies out you know but kevin smith's not the bad guy his actors are not you know bad people um you know, he, he did a lot of good stuff in his movies, like important stuff, like important cultural stuff that matters. You know, it's not negative. So, you know, I can't boycott Kevin Smith's, Kevin Smith's movies because someone else paid to have them made. I'm going to tell you every single, every single place I've worked, I've worked with people that I really do not like. They are horrible people. But does that make me a horrible person because I happen to have worked at that company? that had a really horrible person that worked at it too. You know, like, does that make me a bad person? Maybe it does. I don't know. Mm, no. Well, if they want to make you guilty by association, but just but because you were in one of his movies, that, that doesn't mean anything. Like if you went the other route, if you went, okay, he wasn't an actual artist. He's not, he's not the one that's on the screen. No, he that, doesn't have any artistic now, talent whatsoever. Right. He now, money. now, if you went, the other way where you went to uh who's the guy who did space jam michael jordan no no the, Looney Tunes? no no the guy who got arrested who did space jam who wrote that... the music who wrote um oh r kelly yeah r kelly oh yeah okay so now r kelly he's an actual artist so do you boycott his music 
even if you like the music, but you don't like him. If Michael Jackson would have been uh, arrested and would you associate that to his music? Would they pull every album off the air mm. because of it? Because that's, I, I think that seems to be cancel culture right now. That, that seems to be what's happening. Yeah, I think you're right. When yeah, something I think, happens, I think oh, would pull his music. I, I think with the Weinstein thing, though, I think it didn't quite work that way. I think people realize that, you know, he maybe he financed the movies. And when those movies do well, he makes money, but he's in jail now. So he can't make any of that money. And that none of that money will go to him anyway. So right. it'll still, it it'll still flow through to the actors and everyone else that was in the movie. Yeah. Right. Like the directors, because they get a, I don't know what it's called, not a per diem, but a, they make a, they get residuals. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, let's not deny those people their money, but yeah, I don't want Harvey to get any money. Right. And he's well, in he's, jail. He's not allowed to have revenue in jail and he's going to die in jail. So, you know, maybe his estate, the money could go to something else. Right. You know, something good. Yeah, but yeah, but like with the that. music, like I don't know. Like that's the thing is we know too much about people now. Like we know too much of their personal lives. Like Adam Levine, I don't give a shit about him. I don't want to know about his personal life. I don't want to know which actress he's currently uh having a fling with. Like I don't care. <laughs> Just put his music out there and I can choose to listen to it or not listen to it, but I don't need to hear his opinions. Back in the old days you know, before our time, you didn't hear anything. And there was just a few snippets. We didn't get inside their personal lives. I don't want to get inside their personal lives. I don't really care that someone had sex with someone else, you know, and then it was a bad breakup. And now I can't listen to the artist because the person he broke up with, you know, like she was really mad and he cheated on her. So like now an article like, oh, great. Now I can't listen to the Rolling Stones anymore because Mick, Mick Jagger had an affair with someone else. Like why, you know, why, like, that's not fair. Like we, we listen to this music and now we can't listen to it because I, we know all the intimate details of their, you know, of their personal lives. Like we shouldn't be, have access to that. Well, because, I mean, just like Eddie Van Halen, anything I could find on him, any magazine article, I would read it. And if I could buy it, I would have bought it. Uh, to try and get some insight as much as I can, but uh, you were trying to get insight into the music. Yeah. But nowadays it's to the point where it's like, um, okay, who's, you know, you know, with their, like with this cancer and stuff, like how, how much information do you need nowadays? Because nowadays it's it's everywhere. It's just so easy to find. Like it's, you don't really have to dig for anything anymore. It's like music. Like back in the day, if I would have had tab, oh my God, trying to learn songs mm-hmm. would have been way easier. Sure. Yeah. But there but, was a, but there was a joy to learning it and figuring it out. Right. Like there's, well, everything had to be learned by ear because yeah. I, I couldn't read music. So it was like, okay, I had to sit down with it and listen to it. And, you know, I think it's this or. But know, years later, you go, that's not even close. <laughs> here, here's the thing, and I think we mentioned this before, um, where when a song is written or a piece of art is, is made and put out in the world, the minute that art goes in the world, it doesn't belong to the artist anymore. It belongs to the world. So, you know, we, we did premature evacuation. That song means something to somebody somewhere, and it doesn't mean what 
we intended it to mean. It means right. something else. It means something to them and it doesn't invalidate their thoughts about the song. So if I suddenly, you know, get arrested for a bunch of drug charges and uh, they find out that, you know, our, my great grandfather was, was uh, Genghis Khan or I don't know, some serial killer or something, you know, they're going to stop listening to my music because I'm related to someone or something, you know, like I, once the music, once the art is out there, it belongs to the world and it doesn't belong to the creator anymore. So like Harry Potter, for example, it belongs to the fans, to all the fans it helped and all the fans it helped, you know, get through stuff and inspired and all the writers that became writers because they read the Harry Potter books and all the actors that became actors because they read the Harry Potter books or the directors like all these people, all the good that came out of that book was because of how good the book was. It has nothing to do with the creator of the book after it was released to the public. Like once it's out there, it belongs to all of us. So I think it's still okay to like the Harry Potter books. Like you just don't, if you don't like JK Rowling and most of us don't, then just like, don't pay attention to her anymore. Just enjoy the books you had because the thing is maybe if she's a if she's considered a bad person now maybe she wasn't a bad person when she wrote those books maybe this is something that came later maybe this is something she grew into where suddenly she realized you know what i hate certain types of people you know but maybe she was a good person when she wrote those books so if you don't if you hate her now maybe she was a good person before and she just you know became the monster that she's being made out to be you know, like, like I don't know how many times like a, a musician will put out, musicians will put out a great first album, second album, third album, but then the grind of, of touring and being hopped up on drugs all the time and never getting any sleep and then a studio tour, studio tour, and then suddenly something in them snaps and they do something bad. They were a good person once. Maybe. I don't know. Like Jim so Morrison was Jim Morrison was an idiot when he died, but he didn't start out an idiot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Anyway, we could probably cap it off there. This is a long one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm tired. Boy, that was heavy, heavy shit today. <laughs> pretty heavy. Yeah, pretty heavy. <laughs> we'll be back to the uh, the, the antics uh, next week. The jovial antics. The jovial antics. <laughs> we're, um, ideally, we're going to talk about um, WandaVision next week, which you haven't seen. So you're going to give your person on the street who hasn't seen the show opinion of the... Perfect. Perfect. Just the way I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So I know to, nothing. <laughs> well, you'll be able to take stuff apart, which is good. Yeah, I'll give you give you my angle. Yep. All right. I'm going to stop the recording. So uh link, share, subscribe. SeanMcGinnity.ca is where you can find us. Go to our merch store at SeanMcGinnity.ca, click on the merch link, buy some shirts, buy some swag, buy anything from our store. And What's the name of that site again? Uh, SeanMcGinnity.ca. Can you spell it for me? 
uh, SCA. Oh, you're going to do the LMNOP again. <laughs> S-D-A-N-M-C-G-I-N-I-T-Y. Dot com. Or dot C-A, dot C-A. Dot C-A, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you won't get anywhere if you go dot com. You can hear our music there. You can buy stuff. You can become a patron from there. You can buy us a coffee. Coffee. You, yeah, you can go see Meet the Geeks, the web strip that Corey made famous. Um, you can listen to our music, like I said. Is there, is there Simca Comic on there? Not yet. No? Okay. Uh, that's, that's, I want to put it on there, but I want it, I want the scans to be good. Right. I got to do a bunch of scanning. It's going to take some time. I also want to put other stuff on there, but I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. Sounds good. All right. Okay. See All you right. On the flip side. <laughs> See you later. All right. Bye. Bye.